Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I haven't seen the full response yet to Todd Rokita saying, hey, uh, just so we're clear, uh, Black Lives Matter is a political organization and you got to treat it as such. I mean, that's that's a statement. Schools have to treat Black Lives Matter as political. And I think that he's absolutely positively right. The question is, how much pushback is he going to get? And I got to assume the answer is a whole stinking bunch. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, I, I think that it is it is important and imperative that we speak honestly and clearly and friends should do these kinds of things. I happen to like Attorney General Rokita. He's always been very nice to me. I have always uh, had no no issue being able to get in touch with him. I haven't liked every answer he has given. Some answers I think are political. Some answers I think are dead on. I didn't like how he excluded some people from uh, a, a an event he was doing. Uh, you're, you're not acceptable media. You're not credentialed media. Uh, that was his staff. That is not something I'm ever going to condone. Ever, ever, ever. I won't do it. You can't decide because you don't like what somebody writes about you. They're all of a sudden not credentialed and not good enough. No, 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 no. That's, that ain't it. If somebody's being uh, loud or abusive in a press conference, can you throw them out? Absolutely you can. Do you have to call on somebody? Absolutely not. If Jorge Ramos wants to be abusive of Trump, and Trump's like, goodbye, fine by me. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. My latest uh, video, uh, The Morning Rumble, is up there at Rumble.com and at the Facebook page presented by Americans for Prosperity. We're doing them now three times a week. It might become more. Like It may become it may become a five-day-a-week show, but I'm doing it in the morning. I don't know if I should do it at night. It's another subject for another day, but check it out on the Facebook page, Tony Katz Radio, or at Rumble.com. Just search for Tony Katz, The Morning Rumble. But Attorney General Rokita is right in stating that Black Lives Matter is a political organization and therefore has no place in public schools. None of its advertising or anything else should be in schools. He is correct. And that is going to upset and offend a lot of the woke folk who refuse to accept the fact that as an organization, Black Lives Matter is not talking about race. They are talking about ideology. And that ideology is Marxism, nay communism. It has no place in our society. None. I have no quarter for Marxists. I have no quarter for communists. I don't care about them. As a matter of fact, I want to beat them. I want to destroy them. I want the ideology dead. But like a good cockroach, it just keeps coming back. And it gets mouthed by by different people in different generations and sometimes multiple generations. Isn't that what Bernie Sanders does? Stop thinking that Bernie Sanders has a value. Bernie Sanders is a commie. Ocasio-Cortez is a commie. That's what they are. It's, it, we're not going to debate here. We're not going to pretend democratic socialism. There's no such thing. It's like saying there's such a thing as state-run capitalism. No, there's not. 
there's capitalism. And then everything else that is used as a descriptor of capitalism is a bastardization of it. In the world of communism, anything else used to describe it, like democratic socialism, is a way of trying to hide its true intent. State-run capitalism is not capitalism. It is what communists do in China. Late-stage capitalism? I know they try and throw that around in economic fields. No, 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 no. It's not like, well, capitalism was good, but now it's a problem. No, it's not. It's not a problem. How could it possibly be a problem? People pursuing their interests and in doing so providing opportunities for the rest of us who have pursued our interest and have provided opportunities for the rest of us. That's how it works. People, oh, that's just greed. No, it's not greed. It's selfishness. And selfishness is awesome. People doing what it is they like to do. Where they have their natural aptitudes, not being forced to be the square peg in the round hole or the non-existent hole. That's always better. People working in their best interest and someone else realizing, well, if I take that person's skill set and that person's skill set and that person's skill set, I can put something together. I've got a story over at WIBC.com about iPencil. You may have never heard of iPencil. iPencil is about uh, how things come together. And it's a story from the 50s, an essay from the the, the 50s uh, by Leonard Reed. And what iPencil does is breaks down the idea that no one on their own could create a pencil. And this came up in a conversation Joe Biden was having when he was promoting the infrastructure deal in Baltimore. And products as simple as a pencil can have to use the wood from Brazil, graphite from India, before it comes together at a factory in the United States to get a pencil. Sounds silly, but that's literally how it happens. And when he said that, I said, wait a second, I know where I've heard this. It was Milton Friedman, the great economist, discussing it. Who could make this pencil? Remarkable statement? Not at all. The wood from which it's made, for all I know, comes from a tree that was cut down in the state of Washington. To cut down that tree, it took a saw. To make the saw, it took steel. To make the steel, it took iron ore. This black center, we call it lead, but it's really graphite, compressed graphite. I'm not sure where it comes from, but I think it comes from some mines in South America. So I said, all right, this is, this is clearly Biden cribbing uh, Milton Friedman like he did Neil Kinnock. He, the guy has done a lot of plagiarism in his life. Everything goes back to the, um, to the essay by Leonard Reed. And I the link is there at WIBC.com. Everybody doing their own thing and somebody saying, okay, take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of the other, and I can put together a whole new product from what these other people have created. Bill Gates creates Microsoft, and you create companies being able to utilize those skill sets. And same thing with Apple. Same thing with your iPhone. The same thing with websites. The same thing with, with, with e-commerce. The same thing all the way around. Pick your thing. That's how it works, and that's what's good. That's what's good. Well, people like Black Lives Matter don't believe that's good. They believe that's the enemy. 
They oppose capitalism. They oppose the nuclear family. And they oppose them not because of race. They oppose them because of ideology. And that ideology is political. And therefore, it shouldn't be in the schools. And any organization that supports Black Lives Matter is wrong. Now, that's a very rough statement. They, Tony, they just have a different opinion than you. No, no. A different opinion than me is uh, I like blue. Well, I like yellow. Supporting a Marxist organization isn't about having a different opinion. It's about what we allow in schools. Note, I didn't say that they weren't allowed to support it outside of schools. They're just damn fools. And we should say anti-American. Because they are. Black Lives Matter, as an organization, is an anti-American organization that is not focused on race, it's focused on ideology. And that ideology is to bring about the destruction of the United States and to ensure that Marxism and communism reigns. Is that so wild? I mean, they proved it. They're the ones who, on their own website, before they changed it when too many people saw what they were doing, said they, don't, they oppose the nuclear family. It is Black Lives Matter, the organization that where you have Patrice Cullors, who, in my view, took the money that was donated by all these organizations who were paying for their freedom from this shakedown. She bought herself three houses, and black business owners have never been helped. Black business owners have never been helped. This is Hank Newsom, who claims to run... Uh, Black Lives Matter in 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 New York. Upset with the incoming mayor, Eric Adams, because he's a law and order guy, according to sources. If they think that they're going to go back to the old ways of policing, then we are going to take to the streets again. There will be riots. There will be fire. And there will be bloodshed. Well, first, uh, love the threat. That's always good. Um, I'm not going to be visiting New York anytime soon. But what are the old ways of policing? What are the old ways of policing? If you want to say to me, well, look, we, we, we can't be racially profiling people, I'll say to you, okay. If you say to me, you can't arrest somebody who's black for committing a crime because they're black, well, that's something completely different. But if you say to me, we need to defund the police and we shouldn't have police departments at all. Well, then what you believe in is lawlessness. And to believe in lawlessness is to not believe in America. I mean, this relates very much to what we see in this Kyle Rittenhouse conversation. The people angry and disgusted. How dare you think Kyle Rittenhouse is innocent? Lock him up and throw away the key. You're confusing whether or not you like Kyle Rittenhouse with whether or not he broke the law. I don't like Kyle Rittenhouse. I've watched him. I've looked at him. He's not my guy. What the hell does that matter? I don't know why he was in Kenosha. What the hell does that matter? That is my personal feel. But none of it matters to the fact that three different people attacked him. One guy was chasing after him after he said he was friendly and grabbed his gun and that guy got shot. Another guy was hitting him with a skateboard. You try and take a couple of shots to the head with a skateboard. Let's see how you feel. That guy got shot and killed. The third guy raised his hands and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. And Kyle Rittenhouse did nothing. And then that guy took his gun and pointed it at Kyle Rittenhouse, and that guy got shot in the bicep. 
because he pointed his gun at Kyle Rittenhouse. You don't have to like Kyle Rittenhouse. You just got to accept the fact that there is a story behind what happened, and that story leads to self-defense. But what do you see from uh, the apparatchik, specifically the political left? What you see is lock him up and throw away the key. They're only supporting him because he's white. Well, everybody in this damn conversation is white. This took place in Kenosha. The prosecutor's white. The defense attorney's white. The suspects are white. The victims are white. And, and, and the judge is white. There's no racial component, except, of course, why there was a riot in the first place. That was because Jacob Blake got shot because he wouldn't listen to police. He, re- he violated a restraining order. He had a knife in his hand and wouldn't let it go. He was getting into a car where there were kids. No one wants to remember that Jacob Blake did wrong. And no one wants to remember that the riot that took place was an improper reaction to what took place in this shooting. And they didn't care about the facts. They only cared about their emotions. And now they're doing it again to get what result? To make us somehow want to believe the idea that laws don't matter. Laws are bigoted. Laws shouldn't be implemented against this group and that group. That's not how you have a society. But when you have the communism, oh, don't worry. Those laws are going to get applied to you with a boot to your neck, black or white. You act tough now, but you're going to be someone's bitch tomorrow. I mean, that's how it's going to go down. Because that's how history does it. The books don't lie. The 100 million people murdered under communism don't lie. So, Rokita's right. It is a political organization. Supporting your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones who are black. I get that. Black Lives Matter is a political organization that has no place in schools. I support the Attorney General. I'm Tony Katz. All right. I heard a lot of people reference this Biden gaffe yesterday on Veterans Day. And I was like, guys, guys, we know what he said. And you can't make more of something than it is. And, and my, my brother, the good Dr. Katz, texts me and he's like, is this a thing? I'm like, in context, it's not a thing. But there is something about it that is worth noting. Let's get into that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. He's there uh, at, at the Arlington National Cemetery. And it is Veterans Day. And he's referencing someone in the crowd, I think a veteran in the crowd, and he starts talking about Satchel Paige. The second time in as many months as he's talking about Satchel Paige, he brought up Satchel Paige with the Pope, I I, I believe. I, I don't know why he's bringing up Satchel Paige. Great baseball player. And as you know, uh, Satchel Paige played in the Negro Leagues. And someone's going to yell at me for saying Negro Leagues. Well, get bent. That's what it was called. And I I, I would tell you uh, that there are a lot of players who were spectacular, who weren't in the quote-unquote major leagues and didn't get their their due because they weren't in the major leagues. They weren't allowed in the major leagues. And they would have been superstars in the major leagues. I say that without any hesitation. For whatever reason, Biden is bringing this up, and this happens. Thank you for your service to our country. And I just want to tell you, I know you're a little younger than I am. 
But, uh, you know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues, went on to become a great pitcher in the pros, into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige. So that that clip, <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, good Lord. He said it wrong. He knew what he was getting to, or at least he had an idea, and he just came out wrong, and then he kind of self-corrected there. People are like, oh, my gosh, can you believe he said that? Well, first, remember, if a Republican had done that, the vilification would not end. It would not end. It would just be yelling and screaming about racism from now until forever. And that is worthy of noting. That is very, very important to understand. That we, in a society, we won't give a Republican their due. But when it's Joe Biden, I oh, didn't mean it like that. Will attack, will destroy Republicans and conservatives because that's what they do. Because they need everything to be racial when it is not. But I think the the, the bigger story here is that uh, Joe Biden's not okay. What the hell are we doing? What are we doing? Joe Biden's not okay. Mentally, Joe Biden's not okay. He doesn't have it together. He cannot keep his focus. He has no train of thought that can last. And just when I think he's cogent, here he is. And there are too many of these. And the Democratic Party needs to get up off their butt and recognize this isn't right. I share this while I share another story. That consumer confidence is at a 10-year low on inflation fears. That's a story out of, out of Bloomberg that was posted on Yahoo Finance. Now, I wonder what in the world could lead to a lack in consumer confidence. I know you're a little younger than I am, but, uh, you know, I've adopted the attitude of the great negro at the time pitcher in the negro leagues went on to become i wonder really and truly what's what's causing uh, that issue with uh consumer confidence I, 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 it's hard to say i don't i don't really know what, what, what? i'll figure it out i'm we we both will I'm sure we'll all get there. This is Tony Katz today. As I was just discussing the whole conversation about consumer confidence, that's, of course, the conversation about inflation and where we are with the dollars and cents in America and add to that the supply chain issues and the real damage that's being done damage that needs to be solved and not solved politically just solved rationally i'm really into the rational mind these days i shouldn't say these days i'm always into the rational mind i just find myself speaking about it lately because everyone's gone out of their heads basically guys it's us and then everybody else who's just flat out nuts tony katz tony katz today good to be with you facebook tony katz radio find everything at tony katz.com check out the series at redstate.com dc outsider 
I love uh, doing that. What what is the the middle of America? What does the heartland think about what's going on on the coast and in D.C.? That's the premise. A D.C. outsider at Red State. Use promo code CATS, K-A-T-Z. Get your discount. You deserve it. You earned it. I like to share it. RedState.com. So in, in going through this and going over this and what's going on in, in, in D.C., I had a chance to speak with Representative Jackie Walorski. Now, she represents the second district of Indiana. That's the northeast uh, area. And that area is where the RVs are made. And so goes the RV industry, so goes America. Has been a, a, you know, a talking point for, for a good number of years, for, for, a, for a good amount of time. So we had this conversation about what we're seeing, not first of all, what, what we're seeing from the Biden administration uh, writ large, uh, but really what we're seeing in this idea of trucking. And she gets into, look, we've tried to help, but he's just shrugging his shoulders. Listen, the spending continues in Washington, D.C. apace. The $1.2 trillion infrastructure package that they claim to be bipartisan, I would argue not only not necessarily bipartisan, but certainly valueless in that you didn't need $1.2 trillion and it doesn't address simply infrastructure. It doesn't do the thing that it needs to do. But they're not done spending because you still have the social spending bill. This was the $3.5 trillion bill that they wanted to get through via budget reconciliation. Couldn't get that done. So they now push it to a $1.75 trillion bill by raising $1.995 trillion worth of taxes and then claiming that it's paid for. But they're still not done. And they're only worried that the passing of the $1.2 trillion will keep them from spending another $2 trillion while they look to spend even more. I know, it gets confusing. Representative Jackie Walorski joins us right now from the 2nd District of Indiana. She's in the Northeast area. She has been speaking about this, putting out a statement about the spending as Hoosier families face the devastating ramifications of President Biden's inflation supply chain crises. President Biden and the Democrats' socialist tax and spend scheme is astonishingly out of touch with the American people. Representative Walorski joins us right now. This, When you use the terminology socialist tax and spend scheme it's not that i disagree in the overall do you find that people tune out when you use socialist or do you find that they are starting to understand that man there's a we're talking about the idea of government first government only and that's exactly what it is well good morning tony uh i'll tell you what i'm in the district this week in northern indiana and no matter where i go grocery stores laundromat just doesn't matter people are coming up to me left and right we're all over the place and whether they understand socialist or not i'll tell you what they're just playing out angry they're mad they cannot believe they are astonished that in 10 or 11 months, we can go from the leader of the free world in our economy, in our energy prices, in how we handled the border, how we handled police, and that we've done a 180. And you know what really surprises them that I'm hearing a lot about is people standing there and saying, I've never seen such a cavalier attitude coming out of Washington, D.C. as they're taking money out of our left pockets and right pockets. They are angry. So whether they understand socialism or not, Tony, they are done with being abused as Americans under this administration. So talk to me about the $1.2 trillion. You voted against it, but 13 Republicans did vote for it 
in the House what they call a bipartisan uh, bill, uh, this $1.2 trillion. What was your opposition to it? And when people come to you and saying, well, we need to fix this road, we need to fix this bridge, how do you respond? Well, if this would have been a standalone bill and it would not have been attached to the reconciliation bill that's coming around the corner with multiple trillions between four and five trillion, you know, we're not having conversations about standalone issues. You know, if we actually put a, a bill together that did what Hoosiers understand traditional infrastructure is, like fixing roads, fixing bridges and those kinds of things, this bill was attached to this giant spending bill or they're going to launch entitlement programs like we've never seen without a requirement of work while they're doing everything else on your left side over here and you're watching them on the left on the right they're destroying even work requirements so these entitlement bills that are attached to infrastructure are going to start mailing checks and direct deposits into people's accounts whether they work or not and then again on your left side over here you're going to have 85,000 new IRS workers spying on what you're spending your money on and putting their nose into your finances and business and Tony this is beyond american this is beyond capitalism this is absolutely repressive it's a disgrace at the national level is what it is talking to congresswoman Jackie Walorski from the 2nd district of Indiana uh, I, you don't know that that I have always enjoyed our conversations. I don't think there are a, enough of them. And I think that, you know, in, in a world where people talk about Trump, I've always made an argument that you were kind of in this vein before Trump became, uh, you know, on on the scene. I have never known you not to have an honest and direct and, and focused conversation. My question is, is this is the way you feel and this is the way your constituents feel. Why is this not a louder conversation? in Washington to the squad, to President Biden, uh, to, to, the, to the speaker, as in, hey, what the hell are you doing? This is where America's at. Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm going back on Monday, Tony, and you know I'm, I'm very visible, I'm very vocal, and I'm not afraid because I work for these people in the 2nd District, and I am their rep, and I am their advocate, and I'm advocating for them right now. I mean, we put so much pressure on those Democrats over the last couple of weeks, they couldn't bring the reconciliation bill down and vote on it because of the pressure from the American people and the pressure from all of us representing the people in our districts. You know, the, the biggest question I'm asked at home, what more can I do? I know Indiana's going to vote correctly. I know we're in a great state, but what can we do about the left, about the uh, the uh, West Coast and the East Coast? And what can we do about these other states? What can we do about these liberal states? And you know what we can do? We can take our frustrations and our anger, and we can continue to centralize and focus those on next November and doing whatever we have to do to double down in every single state to get this house back and to get this nation back to get our parents back in control of our kids and schools and education. I mean, if Virginia and New Jersey weren't a clarion call to this country, nothing was. And I'll tell you, I'm very optimistic, Tony. We're working like we've never worked before on behalf of the American people. And this is not a party issue. It's not a party issue of Republicans think this and Democrats think this. What we saw already in our nation was Republicans, Democrats, independents, and non-voters came together and said, we are tired of this. Stop it. So now let's uh, let's make out. the argument. Two states. 
let's make the argument that, I, and it's certainly it's the way I see it if I was prognosticating, but things can change in a year, that Republicans take the House. Speaker Pelosi is done and finished, and Republicans have a, a fair majority if we take a look at history and swings in midterm uh, elections. You now have the House of Representatives. You have Speaker Kevin McCarthy. What are the first three things of a Republican Congress? What are the three things you're going to try and get done, and is there any faith that you can get a President Joe Biden to go along with them? Well, I'll tell you this. On the Ways and Means Committee, we're going to take every single tax that they're unleashing on the American public and try to repeal it immediately. We're going to turn our energy situation around. They turned it around in 11 months. We can certainly turn it back. We just had a plan and a guide, Tony, on how to do this through the Trump administration. We just saw our nation employing more people than ever before. More Hispanics, more minorities employed, more women employed. We can turn this around. All hope is not gone. We just had an example in front of us, and we're watching them dismantle it and destroy our country. I think there's seven things that we can do as soon as we get in there, and it's addressing the seven biggest fires that are burning in this country with a Joe Biden at the wheel with lawlessness in communities, providing safety back with our law enforcement, having the the uh, the rules that the Trump administration had on the border, turning our economy back around, feeding off the repression and the regulations off of our small business and large business, and for God's sake, to unleash that, that loggerhead in the Pacific Ocean and get that thing untangled and back into the hands of the American people. I could sit here probably for another 10 minutes and tell you the destruction that the Biden administration is bringing down, including destroying a work ethic, and we can turn that around really quickly as well. All, right. all hope is not gone. We uh, I, I, I don't. I don't disagree. I don't think that all now. hope is is is, is gone. I, I was looking for three things that that you may be focusing on. But since you brought up the truckers and you brought up the the the, the ports, I want to get to that because that is, of course, who we are. That is Indiana. That is uh, so much of the heartland story, the crossroads of America as as we are. Where do you believe the problem has been exacerbated by the Biden administration? And what is the, for lack of better words, the Walorski plan for, as you describe it, untangling that mess? Well, number one, you know, we shouldn't have been in this position to begin with. He shrugged this off and kind of shrugged his shoulders when we were screaming in the manufacturing hub of the country, which is our district in the second district. We're screaming. The parts aren't coming unlock those those uh, ports and let those ships in. He comes back and says, well, Christmas is going to be a little late. This isn't about Christmas. This is about the, the widgets that are a part of every single thing that we manufacture and, and rule the nation in when it comes to RVs and boats and trailers and heavy manufacturing and record growth and record money and record jobs. You know, uh, maybe having conversations ahead of time when they saw that this, that this was coming and this was heading, maybe, you know, uh, start uh, putting out CDL licenses to younger people that want to work and actually have these jobs. We have fought that consistently with this administration of get more truckers on the road, look for alternative ways. If you have to bring the guard in with 
enlisted guardsmen that have CDL licenses, you know what? Take it like a defense production act, like we had to during COVID. Move everything off the shelf and concentrate on that and say we're going to get truckers to those ports and we're going to start moving this stuff out between the trucks and the rail. I don't think it's impossible, and I don't think there's an issue that Americans can't figure out, but the loggerhead is with the Biden administration and his cabinet of secretaries that seem to be shrugging their shoulders and really don't care what's happening in the heartland. Has it been that you have suggested, point blank, let's get more CDLs out there, and the administration has said, no thanks, we'll wait? Has that actually... We, have a, we did send a letter. We, we are pending trying to get a resolve back. We did send a letter to Secretary Buttigieg and to, and to Biden, basically saying, do whatever it can take. And here's some, you know, here's some plans. But with not, without moving on that, you know, I don't know what the the long road leads here too with the Biden administration, but they've been better at raising prices on all things, inflation, the energy costs that are coming into Indiana in the winter, propane. They're just telling you propane's gonna go up fifty percent with seniors on limited incomes. I don't know where he's heading. I don't know what his main goal is, but he is a job destroyer. Every single thing so far that he's tossed out there has been about destroying jobs. Well I'm not I mean, this is a strong, one of the strongest manufacturing districts in the nation. We're not about destroying jobs. We're about building the American dream from right here in northern Indiana. If the government would leave their hands off of all of us, let these CEOs attract workers and get money back in the pocket of people and stop taking it, we would have a very optimistic Christmas. We'd have a very optimistic Thanksgiving. Instead, we're going to roll into the most expensive Thanksgiving in the history of this country with people on limited incomes. Representative Jackie Walorski, Congresswoman, 2nd District of Indiana, I appreciate you joining us. This judge in the Rittenhouse case, you know, as, as I said earlier, I don't mind him getting rough and tumble with lawyers who aren't listening to him. I just don't want him telling jokes. I want my lawyers doing, I want my judges doing judge things. I don't want them having any personality at all. Save that stuff. Just handle the courtroom. It's all I'm asking for. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. But to see this judge go at the assistant district attorney, uh, is it is it Binger or is it Binger? Well, whatever, however you pronounce the name, he is just seemingly really bad at this. And I got to wonder whether he's doing this on purpose, getting under the judge's skin, so maybe they can claim that the, the judge was the problem and they need a new trial. I mean, he's just coming across like a fool. And in this, this was one of the great pieces of audio from the trial. A defendant, uh, Drew, oh, I forget his last name. The last name starts with an H. He hired a lawyer because he had filmed a lot of this. And before handing it over, he had hired a lawyer and made sure he had everything right and had done it. And the prosecutor, the assistant district attorney, Thomas Binger, Binger, whatever his name is, thinks it's wrong that he hired a lawyer, and the judge is like, what the hell? That's an attorney that you uh, have out of Madison? No objection, Your Honor. What's the relevance of this? Well, Your Honor, we've had a lot of questions about other What's people. What's the relevance of this? 
I would like to know why he felt the need to retain an attorney to provide video in this case. I think it goes to bias. I think it goes to credibility. It's been asked uh, I think, other witnesses. Let's take the lunch break. Um, please don't talk about the case uh, during the break. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Here is this this assistant district attorney who thinks it's wrong that somebody hires a lawyer in America and thinks that it goes to bias. Hire a lawyer. Doesn't matter what the what 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 this guy says. Always hire a lawyer and don't ever say anything to anyone. Do not answer the police. Don't do it. Hire a lawyer. Do not make statements without legal counsel. Don't be nuts. You cannot talk yourself out of it. You are not that smooth. You do not have the truth on your side. The expression goes, anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. That's anything, and it will be used against you. It will not be used to help you. Don't say nothing. They want something in a case, you check with a lawyer. This guy's bothered by it? Judge is right to be disgusted with him. America's right to be disgusted with him. Guy's pretty disgusting. I find that prosecutions, when they're put up against the wall, man, they don't, they don't really have it. Makes me think you should challenge every, anything that comes your way. Always. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Go to rumble.com. Check out the morning rumble. I'm Tony Katz. Monday, everyone. Take care.